Hi, this is a Life of Learning podcast. We hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, this is Gil Zussman from Israel. I've taken over this podcast with Reggie and uh, started... <laughs> yeah, hi Reggie, how are you? <laughs> hi, thank you. I tell you, just let everyone know, we tried to record this a few times and Gil said, I tell you what, why don't I just start it? So that's how we've done it. So we're just going to let it flow like that. Gil, thanks for coming on to the podcast. Thank you. Great to be with you here. I tell you what, and I, um, and I came across your YouTube videos and uh, then I went on to your website. So really what I want to do is I want to really talk about the YouTube videos and your website. And then sort of like before that, we'll talk about your Cuban background. And I know that you're very into sort of like the analysis side of things. So I really want to get right. into that. So... Let's start with your origin story. I always like to hear about these. Yeah, so I'm a computer science professor in Israel in uh, various colleges. And the affinity for algorithms, for perception, if you ever heard about the story about Erno Rubik, that was actually a professor, I think, was for architecture. And he used this apprentice to, to teach his students uh, I'm using all of the website I program as a curriculum for my uh, for my courses. So if you see graphics, if you see analysis, databases, it's all part of my courses. So that was more or less how the website came to be. Uh, regarding the cubing, um, late 2000, I think, I learned how to solve the cube. It was, I mean, a hobby, but not the speed cubing. I wasn't aware of the, let's call it, uh, community. Uh, internet wasn't that um, of a thing back then. And only about, I don't know, four or five years ago, uh, I started speed cubing. Uh, started with the three by three, then tried just about every possible uh, puzzle. And I think it was it's a year or two years ago that I actually made a square one more than I even practiced three by three. So it's a little uh, guilty pleasure for me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so when you said right, so let's let's go back to when you said you, you did you say you learned the cube in two thousand and ten? Did you say learn how to? Oh, do in two thousand. I mean, I got the Rubik's cube just like everyone else in back mm -hmm. in two. Thousand, there were. I I remember we had bulletin boards, we had the old uh, modems. Um, internet just started. Uh, <laughs> there weren't many resources. Mm. I mean, Jessica Friedrich launched her website around that time. By the way, mm. it's still on. Mm. Uh, but I wasn't aware of algorithms. I remember. I didn't even know there was to look OLL. I just went by each and every algorithm and learned it. Yeah. <laughs> No, because you said that you started and then you, uh, was it in 2000 and was yeah, it 2016? And then in, in like four, four years ago, I started mm -hmm. actually competing or like learning competitively. I wasn't aware of that, that it was that big of a, of a thing. Um, again, I have many hobbies like uh, gaming or, you know, like computer gaming. Mm -hmm. I was also exposed to uh, uh, pro gaming, which was probably the same for me. I mean, it was a game and then watching people do it professionally was very, um, 
let's call it captivating, yeah. impressive. Yeah. yeah. No, because I was just thinking the difference between just normal cubing and then you said you did speed cubing and I just wanted to know what, what the difference was, you know, in terms of the transition. Yeah, I mean, I think it was watching other people cube, especially on YouTube, that yeah. what gave me the drive, like, oh, wow, people actually competing, you know, the, the fact that you can write down your uh, result or compete with other people or have a shared hobbies. It was like pro gaming for me, like you can be one on one with a computer and then you see a lot of people that are competing next like one versus another, it was StarCraft and League of Legends or just about every now competitive sport that fills stadiums, you know. Um, I think it was, I don't know, like trying to think back, maybe it was the community aspect, maybe it was, I, I didn't think I realized that I could tie myself back then, like it was 20 years ago. People actually timed themselves to solve it that fast. Yeah, yeah. I, th I think yeah, I think that is the difference. And I think I think the difference is yeah, timing yourself and really sort of like putting time and effort into getting fast. I think that's probably what distinguishes um, speed cubers from probably just cubers that just do it for pleasure. They don't time themselves. They may do it once. They don't sort of like practice as much as other. Um, you know, as other speed cubers and stuff like that, because, you know, I don't think there's a day goes by where I don't pick up a cube. And I'm, could I say the same that for you or not? <laughs> yeah, I have my car cube. I have my, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm serious, car cubes in plural. Yeah, uh, yeah I have my uh, desk uh, cube. I have the, the travel cube. Uh, it's really become of, uh, I wouldn't say obsession, but it's the same thing as doodling when you're talking with someone, you know, yeah. you're fiddling with something. Mm -hmm. And I'd like to think it's productive, you know, at least it's not something else. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. I would say, right, I would say passionate because I don't like to use the word I think if you mentioned obsessive I like the word passionate more so and I'm like you I've got a car a cube for the car I've got a cube mm -hmm. for my gym bag I've got a cube for going on the underground um, I've got a cube for I think I've even left a cube around my mum so <laughs> it's everywhere oh, wow. <laughs> yeah regarding that I mean there are people who um, have how they call it uh, like do a gym whether it's on uh, mechanical bike or take a yeah. weight with them you know they have to do something so they just funnel it into some something that's productive yeah. i know people who eat out of you know playing pleasure people start to smoke or other vices like that so yeah. i thought it was okay it's better to funnel it into something that's productive that's yeah. how i started teaching with it i mean i'm already dealing with it why not know use it for my courses yeah for sure for sure okay so so you said that you do you when you said that the cubes that you were talking about you said you solved is it mainly the wca uh, puzzles or is it other twisty puzzles as well so i i started with just like everyone with the classic three by three um for a long time i remember trying mirror cubes four by four other n by n puzzles and then like Put a big order on every WCA puzzle. I think I, I targeted WCA puzzle because you can actually compete in it. Mm. Like 
the, the reason to persist in it is to write your name on the wall. Yeah, I did this and that. I'm trying to fill out my WCA uh, profile. Mm -hmm. I remember starting Square One and it was like um, a really bad experience, but I picked it up again like uh, a year and a half or two years ago. And since then, it's, it's, it's my main event. I hardly touch any other uh, or practice any other events. Okay, I'll tell you what, we'll get onto the square one a little bit later because it's something, mm -hmm. it's a um, a cube that I've got back to after not really solving it for nearly four or five years. Someone uh, really encouraged me to get back on it. Uh, yeah. She's actually on the, coming on, she's actually on the podcast. She appeared, Carol, um, she actually said that, you know, yeah, get back onto the square one. It's a really, really good cube. But we'll yeah. come back to that one. Um, in terms of the, um, the website you mentioned, because you said you're, do computer science. Um, yeah. What was your motivation in creating the website? Was it to sort of like help others or, you know, was it sort of like a project for yourself? What was the motivation? So back then, Jaden McNeil, the Cuber all-rounder, really mm. good guy. Yeah. He published a video about the needs of the speed cubing community for uh, a persistent uh, algorithm database. And by persistent, I mean, until then, you had a lot of websites that were static. Like if you wanted a new algorithm there, you would, you would need to actively edit, mm -hmm. uh, verify, and then edit. And the problem was that there are, there, there are still many algorithm websites from uh, Felix Zemdek's uh, Cube Skills. Jessica Friedrich is still out there. Uh, Chris Olson, ma many, many like uh, Dan King, I think, ma many great uh, and really valuable uh, algorithm databases. But the problem is that not for long you have moderators and people that will uh, keep it updated. And even if they do, the, the masses of algorithms and algorithm sets, it's almost impossible for someone to still maintain it. And by maintain, I mean, be able to uh, add new algorithms, verify that they're working, uh, trying to um, see which algorithm goes first or which is more or less popular. So Jaden McNeil published a video about it and say, why cannot be, can't it be automatic? And I say, okay, let's go. And <laughs> not really, and about two weeks later, I came up with a really crude way, website, but it did what it had to do. People could enter a, an algorithm, like for you, you had a set, let's say OLL, PLL, F2L, people could give their algorithm and the website would automatically verify it, make sure that it's working, make sure that it's not already there and we'll just add it, okay, to the repository wow. for everyone wow. to see. And the really nice part is that people could upvote or downvote it. You know, like just about every .NET, uh, .NET.2 yeah. that's around there, like you have Reddit and stuff. So there you, could, you, you, can, you can still do, upvote it and downvote it. Wow, yeah. Okay, so it, it was based on, based on that thread, the order of that um, Jade McNeil post. Yeah, no, not thread. It was a video. It then a video. It. Sorry, a video. Sorry, yeah. No, no, great. Yeah. So okay. it, it really 
like became popular. I mean, I thought it wasn't that hard to do. I mean, it took two weeks. I was really, I didn't invest in it too much because you can still see the video out there. It looked like a really old one, but uh, a lot of people started using it. At a certain point, uh, even the servers crashed after uh, Felix Zemdex uh, gave a good word about it. So I just decided to upgrade it and further maintain it. And it became like a huge, huge thing because um, later on, uh, a great guy named Stuart, Stuart Clark, who's probably the most active member in the community to reconstruct souls, mm -hmm. um, started collaborating with, with me. I'm really happy. Hi, Stuart. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I like I, I contacted him. I told him, look, why won't, won't we just add the reconstructions to the website? And we were thinking, okay, what's the synergy there? And you can see today that there are reconstructions. And for every reconstruction, you can see the algorithms in the database. So mm -hmm. it goes both ways. You can see uh, which PLL someone used, which F2LK someone used, or go back. If you're looking for an F-perm, Y-perm, you can see in which reconstructions actual procubers used and which is the most popular. So now it's not only votes, it's how many speedcubers use it. Yeah, yeah. And the reconstructions, are they on sort of what some of the fast times? Do you pick any ones in particular? Is it the world records mainly? Or how do you pick the So again, I have to give full credit to Stewie, who's running mm. it for years beforehand. Mm. It was a, a great guy. Uh, still, I know he's in the community named Breast. Mm -hmm. um, the idea behind it is that you don't just add any any reconstructions. You need mm -hmm. some kind of uh, ver verification validity for it. Mm -hmm. It should be on video. Mm -hmm. uh, Stewie actually goes frame by frame to verify wow. everything and frame count. Like he counts how fast you are doing each algorithm, mm. and not just to verify the the val validity of it and honesty of it. It's only for some cubers that are in a professional level like for yeah. three by three you won't see like 10 or 12 there you only see the highest or the fastest speed cubers yeah, sure. out there yeah okay and, and on, um, so on that so do you have a team now that does all the um sort of like the the the, the website um stuff or is it just yeah, so for yourself again I, I wouldn't like to call it a team because those are really collaborations there are people who mm -hmm like me, uh, unpaid, they spend their free time uh, for the community. Mm -hmm. uh, we're not sponsored by the way. So mm -hmm. I really like to think about it as collaborators yeah. and our only gain so far, apart from, I think we put ads from Google. Yeah. Uh, aside from that, it is knowing that the community um, enjoys it. Mm -hmm. So I, I, again, thanks to Stuart Clark, Stewie, whose reconstruction reconstructions for the community are valuable assets it's became like a newspaper for cubers mm -hmm. yeah and there's basilio norris who's a phd at uh, data science i know he'd uh, yeah correct me now but again uh he's the brain who's analyzing all of the thousand and literally thousand <laughs> of uh, reconstructions brings up amazing graphs 
I know he has a degree in that, in data visualization. Yeah. And he also contrib contributed his time and uh, efforts to help design the website that how it looks today. So it's, it's really a team collaboration from people who are really passionate about the about cubing and bringing information to the cubing community that that's about us that's yeah yeah i'll tell you what i'm going to put the um the website details in the show notes I and you. i just think it's sort of like this is sort of like the next level you had sort of like um you know all, all the old um websites that had sort of like algorithms very little pictures it was all text and then you sort of like came about sort of like the and um, the youtube area where everyone is you know sharing their ideas posting events and then everyone now is obviously looking at the reconstruction now because we can get to that level and then obviously now you're collating everything together into sort of like um, a website where you can really deep dive and analyze each solve and you know the, the when i looked at the youtube videos of when you were speaking to i think it was timon yeah you spoke to is it a daniel is it daniel i can't remember there, there were um, many that's we had it, yeah matty you, we had sorry yeah we had matty we had many great yeah, I know. which we thank for the time uh matty roto inaba we had uh ben barone we had Timon Kolashinsky, yeah. uh, Felix Zemdegs, Patrick Pons, amazing. Uh, like, uh, I don't want to miss anyone. No, no. <laughs> Miller. It's, it's, I mean, I was going to ask you, how did you get these guys? Because these are the best of the best. <laughs> so again, I'm 40 years old and I came to know that if you ask people, very nicely, just the same way you approached me yeah. and present yourself with dignity and respect and ask for the time. Worst case, you will hear no. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. My one is um, my phrase is if you take enough pictures, one of them is bound to develop. That's, oh, no. That's I, mean, I mean, they're yeah. already part of the community. There's yeah. a Discord channel that every reconstruction came out. So again, I have to thank Stui for connected me, connecting me with some of the cubers because sometimes some of the cubers ask us for uh, either reconstructions, that's maybe him, or for some trainer or some software to help them. Like mm. um, there was a cross trainer, there was a one look last layer. I remember one cuber asked us to add so it's really, um, how should you call it? Uh, <laughs> we try yeah, to sound, help each other. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You sound like you're getting requests from them. And in return, they're helping you, you know, sort of like find out the mind of the Cuba itself as well. So it's, I it's a good it request. It's like someone giving you a good scramble and you say, yeah. oh, thank you for the scramble. I mean, for <laughs> me, it's a challenge. I really enjoy it. Like all yeah. the ideas, I have like a huge list and I really enjoyed all of them. Like one of the ideas was, yeah, everyone is voting a specific alg, let's say uh, the JA um, <laughs> PLL and everyone <laughs> is using the X one, if you know, <laughs> with the sledgehammer. And I remember Stewie telling me, why won't you make a feature that will show how the ProCubers do it? And then you have a drop down that shows what 
procubers are using and what the community is using. Yeah. So that was like, yeah, amazing. Like I, I'm waiting for those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you what, I mean, you really deep dive into um you know each solve and what i like as well i like i love the graphs um there were i think there was one graph that i saw oh that's where... basilio sorry yeah the guy the guy oh. is amazing in data visualization he could bring you the most complex of ideas and like a, a huge paradigm shift like after after you've seen that you, you cannot go back i remember uh, the podcast with Timon Kolashinsky, and he just br brought, I, I remember he brought the name, when you really don't like crosses. And we came to understanding that Timon is doing X and XX crosses more yeah. than, than he's doing crosses. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, um, I mean, the way you deep dive into the souls, but you sort of coming back to the, 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 the graphical information. I loved it because it showed, I think one of the Cubas, the first F2L pair was faster than the second, third and fourth. I mean, it's not much faster. I and mean, you know, we're talking the real split seconds here, but yeah. I just love that graph. And, you know, people can use that to, to improve on as well, you know, and they can analyze their own souls and, you know, and try and sort of like look at the areas of weakness. So regarding that, I remember with the podcast with Felix, he said something really interesting that every algorithm, even if it's bad for you, it might be really good for someone else. Mm -hmm. He mentioned Max Park, by the way, we later found out that Dylan Miller also using the RU Zperm, like Zperm, everyone doing MU. And then you yeah. look into their reconstruction and you see that they are using RU. I remember asking, you mean for oh, for one handed? They said, no, 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 for two handed. Yeah. And and my mind was blown away. I mean, if you say that to anyone in the community that you're doing a Z perm with RU, which most mm -hmm. of the community is doing with MU, they yeah. will like wave you off and say, ah, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I must admit, I'm surprised because the move count on that is is a lot um, is a lot quicker with the M slices, isn't it? Yeah, so for in the same podcast, we saw that even UPerm, you had eight moves with MU and UPerm with RU is many more, okay, yeah. not that many, but more, uh, um, more moves, but yeah. it was done more reliably and faster. And especially when you're under pressure, pressure. reliability, yeah, yeah it's yeah. more important. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you what, there's a U-perm that I've started to use and I love it because I've never used I never used to do S slices. I don't know if you know that S oh, slice. Oh yeah. Uh, I'll tell you what, I, I don't do it quick, but I love doing it. <laughs> yeah, so this was the thing, especially with algorithm databases, you'd see like you, you could think that everyone found just about every possible algorithm until now. Mm -hmm. It's been like since 70, I don't remember since the Rubik's Cube has invented, but you would think mm -hmm. that, okay, there are many algorithm database, they, we found all of the algorithms. And then you remember that in 2000, and I think it was 17, cubes with magnets came out, which yes. make it much more stable. And yeah. suddenly slice moves become a thing. Yeah. But again, I have to tell you that the S move uh, RU perm, uh, U perm, 
uh, there, there were people that were using it beforehand. Yeah, true, true. I'll tell you what, though, I think the hardware has made a lot of difference as well, don't you think, in terms of doing slice moves and M slices as well? Yeah, absolutely. But it's not just that. I, I think people have missed an aspect that they haven't thought about it yet, that people have become more uh, either, either all-rounders, like doing more events, or the learning curve or they manage to um, evolve each method into other methods. For mm -hmm. example, uh, in F2L, I started to see algorithms that are commutators from three blind. Mm -hmm. And you look at it and say, okay, that's amazing. Like the setups with RUD and you, your mind is blown away. I remember mm -hmm. one of mm -hmm. Felix's world records that he solved the last layer with the commutator. And you think, oh, okay, <laughs> you know. Mm -hmm. yeah. So you, you start to see, let's call it bleeding from other mm. events. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 I agree. And I think um, just on that, I um, saw a podcast, it was years ago, and this person said, in the future, we'll be doing... Uh, we'll, we'll develop an algorithm that will solve the whole cube and that sort of like blow blew my mind so I was thinking okay so he started talking I was thinking right where is he going with this then he said well you already do that when you do three blind or four blind you're actually even though it's you know very long algorithms you once you've got the memo down essentially you're using an algorithm that you that, that you know even though it's you know sort of like you know um op depending on which one you're using or you know if you're using freestyle you, you've actually worked out the the algorithm from the beginning does that oh, make sense i have so many things to say about it <laughs> i'm not saying bad or wrong but yeah the, always the trade-off between less moves mm -hmm. and ergonomic moves if yeah. you remember the mu u perm or the yeah. ru u perm you might say that the RU is more ergonomic or finger trickable. And people seem to miss that less move doesn't mean it's more reliable, especially under pressure, mm -hmm. right? And you can see people spending, like there's the F2L pair with a triple sexy move, mm -hmm. you know, when you have the flipped edge and the flipped corner on top. Yeah. Yeah. So people can solve it with three sexy move and there's a really short one, like a five or six mover that almost no pro cuber is using. So less move doesn't necessarily mean it's more reliable or faster, especially if you don't consider the next one after that and you don't consider the look ahead after that. Yeah. Um, second thing that came into my mind is um, amazing people like Jack, Jack Kai. I know you, you already had the Shivam Bansal in your yeah. podcast. Yes, correct, yeah. And you see some of those who are so dedicated into like you can see that they are truly um, dedicated to blind that they do the memo during inspection in normal three by three. There's some amazing videos by Jay Kai, and he's just putting on the blind in normal yeah. three by three, and he solve as fast. Okay, yeah. much faster than I am. Yeah. <laughs> That's about that. The last thing, which is I think the most important, is that people seem to miss out on square one. Because what happened in square one, it was a really um, 
like it has length to go. Until not long ago, people thought that, okay, there are two stages in square one, just for people who aren't, don't know the, uh, the Vandenberg method. It's mm -hmm. pretty much like a two-look OLL and then two-look PLL. You mm -hmm. orient the edges and corner, and then you permute, permute yeah. the, the corners and edges. Yeah. And people started doing both of them together. Like it start, it's called PBL, which mm -hmm. is like moving from two-look PLL to one-look PLL. Mm -hmm. And they started doing OBL, which is moving from OLL into uh, two-look OLL into one-look OLL. Mm -hmm. It doesn't seem much if you're doing it in three by three, but on square one, you have both the top layer and the bottom layer, which is a lot of algorithms and it's a lot of recognition. Yeah. And not until lately, um, people didn't do it. Like PBL is relatively new. Okay, most people use it as the golden star, uh, standard, I mean, in the top level, but like, uh, I think it was up until a year ago, Procuber started doing uh, OBL. And it reminds me what you said that I'm looking at the move count. You have already uh, some uh, square one reconstructions. And some of them actually arrived to the golden number of square one moves. You see 13 slices solved just yeah. for comparison. Normal square one is 25, 27 moves, slices. And just like you said, people just one, uh, I mean, two or three look and just solve it. Yeah. And you see suddenly a rapid rise in world records because people are able to analyze such huge amounts of information. Remember, huge amounts of algorithms. Uh, I'll tell you, well, let's get on to that because, I mean, I got back into square one and I absolutely love it. And that's how I found your website, actually, because oh. your uh, the video tutorials, as well as the, um, you know, the information you've got on the website. I mean, I've, I don't think I've, any, I've seen anything quite like it. It is absolutely amazing. So if anyone wants to go and learn square one, I mean, there's quite a lot of advanced moves there, but you know, if you want to really want to get quicker, yeah, go to the website. But in, in terms of um, square one, the records have just, I mean, it's unbelievable in the last, in this year, how fast the square one records have, have got. And what do you think has contributed to that? Okay, it, it's, I reminded square one, not just because it's a passion of mine, but also it's, it's reflecting on the state of cubing, just like in three by three. You remember when magnets were first introduced, when corner cutting were a thing, like people yeah. today look, if it doesn't corner cut, I, I wouldn't get close to it. Yeah. And suddenly the YJ MGC came out. Yeah, I think it was a year, two years ago, how much was it? And suddenly you have corner cutting in, in square one, just, just saying like, you remember the uprise in, uh, interest in clock when the yeah. new chi magnetic came out yeah yeah, yeah. suddenly you have um hardware that you don't need to fight with it yeah. because in square one unlike three by three if you're not precise enough it will blow up in your face yeah <laughs> and suddenly you had corner cutting now just for people who aren't aware what's nice about corner cutting aside from the cube not blowing up in your face you can start the next move while you're doing the current move 
which means you can do the same amount of moves in less time and it will be faster. So that's the first part. <laughs> um, the second part is, is uh, Procuber started using OBL. I think there's a great video by CubeMaster. It's Samuel Feng, uh, amazing video. And it shows how all of the top 10, almost all of the top 10 just switched to OBL and suddenly world record one after another. But, and there's a huge but, you saw the last world record and you, it reminded of you that square one is sometimes like two by two. It's very luck based, especially for singles. Like the current world record in two by two is a four mover, right? Yeah. And the current world record that was like a week ago, I think. Yeah. Uh, it, it was purely luck, like great scramble, but okay, not purely luck. The execution nah. was amazing, you know, you yes. need to really nail it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the thing is, I, I have a, not, an, not, a, not an issue, but I think that when people say it was a lucky scramble, people should say yeah, it was a lucky scramble, but the skill that they had to, um, you know, the, 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 the background um, information they had, the, the practice, you know, even if I get a lucky scramble, I'm not going to get a world record. There's only certain people in the world that have practiced hard and done a lot of, you know, work themselves will be able to make use of that lucky scramble. Yeah, I know. I mean, I watch Elijah, the, the, the amazing person who got the world record and I saw his channel. I saw his progression because uh, um, Daniel Karnock has been training him, yet another former world record holder, holder. And you see that he has practice at home and the amount of practice that you need to nail such a scramble, especially when you know it's lucky and your hand starts to shake and you see that he practiced at, practiced at home and you see like a month or two months ago that he did get like a four or a three on the lucky scramble. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, getting lucky is not a crime, but you still need the yeah the experience, the dexterity, the yeah. Um, composure. Yeah, to do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you're right, the composure because he must have known. Wow, this is probably going to be a good one. You know, his hands weren't shaking or anything like. That. He probably knew that it was going to be a good. Oh, one. Oh, without so, any doubt, yeah. because I, you can see the scramble if you have done any square one. You see, it's a two slice cube shape. It's 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 super rare, okay. Mm -hmm. And usually, people who know CSP and I know CSP say, okay, it's so rare that if you got it, you must have parity. And parity is usually thirteen slices more. It's yeah. like fifty percent of the solve, and he didn't get parity. Mm -hmm. So it was super lucky scramble. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now I, I, I tried to dance solve it. I didn't make it. <laughs> Yeah, no, I absolutely love the square one. And, and what, why do you think people sort of like tend to shy away from it? Do you think it's the notation or what? Why do you think people tend to shy away from oh, it? Oh, this is something I like to talk about. I mean, <laughs> what people don't understand about square one, I mean, I agree, there's a steep learning uh, curve. Mm. I agree, okay? But what people don't understand about square one, especially for the first part of the cube shape where people are really afraid of, is mm. that you don't learn algorithms. Yeah. You shouldn't learn any algorithm. It's like, think about, sorry for speaking like a computer science teacher, but uh, it's like a binary tree. 
think that eventually you get to a square shape. And to get to a square shape, you have to go through kite kite. And to get to kite kite, you need to go through either one of the cube shapes that leads to it. So it's like find a treasure, you know? All you need to remember in cube shape is which cube shape leads to which cube shape. And I'm saying that like, if you need a comparison, it's like three by three. You know that you have uh, the, the, the simplest case, like a sledgehammer, you know, the actual one. So many cases are just set up to this three pair. Like you connect the pair and then you insert it. So the same with cube shape, you set up the next case. So when you learn cube shape, you just learn to set up the next case, which is the next case, which is the next case. Uh, that's how I learned originally. And it helped with learning the mirrors. The same way I learned three by three, by the way, how to insert the F2L1. So I learned it from all angles. So people don't understand that if you learn the algorithms, you really won't remember it. You need to follow the shapes, which are easier to follow and know where to slice. So this is why people are mostly afraid of square one. They don't understand why don't you need to learn algorithms, which is most of WCA events, apart from yeah, clock. I, yeah, and that's the reason why I like it, because it is intuitive. You have to look at it, and then you have to sort of like work it out, and that's what I like about it. Yeah, you need to think about top left side and bottom right side to create a new shape. Does that make sense? No, definitely, definitely. Yeah, so the, I know I, I sound weird, but cube shape is my favorite uh, part <laughs> of square one because you, um, it's like, uh, I less like um, the mathematics. I like more of the uh, visual part of it, whether it's, um, how you call it? Um, yeah, forgot the word. Anyway, I, I like the visual part and less yeah. of the notation. Yeah. And regarding the notation, um, I don't know. It, it should be, you know what? Uh, Daniel Karno created a notation that it's more, more similar to three by three, where you do a U and it's yeah. the same degree, D, 90 degree on the bottom side. So if you find that hard, you can learn connotation. Yeah, in fact, I, I, I saw that video, but I mean, I mean, your website doesn't use it and most other people don't really use it. There's a couple of tutorials that use that, but um, I think that's probably one of the ways to go because that's a good transition from going from a regular cube to a square one, isn't it? Yeah, but again, the only parallels that I see from square one to three by three is maybe the PLLs or the EPs are the same. You know, mm. you have Z-perm, J-perm, but other than that, if you learn it intuitively or by muscle memory, and by muscle mm. memory, I mean, touch and feel how the cube shapes um, feel. I know it yeah. sounds strange because you have to <laughs> find the right grip on and each and every one of them, mm. you will find it easier. Yeah, yeah. Now I think, um... You know, people, if they want a challenge and something new, I think uh, they should try the square one. <laughs> yeah, it's because people are stuck in, in you know what? The, when you move from three by three to two by two or to four by four or five by five, you can still transfer some of the things that you learn, right? But if you go to square one, the only thing that you can transfer maybe is the corner orientation. 
it's just like uh, two by two when you need to have the two faces oriented. Yeah. I, there aren't many places where you, when you can trans, transfer the knowledge and people yeah. are trained how to transfer the knowledge, but you can't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I get it. I get it. I get it. Yeah. So in terms of, because we said that, you know, the square one world record has just been dropping like nobody's business over the last, well, especially this year, and just times in general have got better, um, you know, say over the last 10 years. I mean, when I first started, I think um, when I first started getting into cubing, um, I think the world record was like six seconds. Now the world the world average is less than you know sort of like five seconds, which is you know which is mind blowing when you consider you know what it was you know a few years ago. What do you think has contributed to that? What do you think are the main things uh, that have contributed to that? So I think it's regarding all puzzles. It's mostly the move count has lowered. Mm -hmm. and people have experimented enough and i say it on the algorithm database that yeah. some algorithms as long as they are are better than the shorter ones and they know yeah i, I should do it here's a good example for square one you have a party out which is 13 slices long right mm -hmm. yeah so there's a method which i learned which is like 50 out when you solve both of the parity and the edge permutation together. However, it's more complex. The finger tricks are more finicky, you know, harder or harder to execute, or you need to um, practice more of them to become proficient with them. And it was slower. And then I came to the realization, yeah, I should do the edge parity, like the certain sizes everyone is doing. Yeah. Uh, so people learn that there are some cases which are uh, either slower or more um, like higher move counts and they're more reliable and they're still faster. Yeah. You can see, um, you know what, uh, Max Park is known for that, that he's, yeah. <laughs> he, he until recently used the vanilla CFOP. You, you can see him now using ZBLL and other things, but you can see that he's very fast and no, let's take another example. Uh, the Ware brothers, last world, they took the, fir the first and third place. Yeah. They don't use ZBLL. They solve only white. Yeah. And they got first and third place. And yeah. you're saying, okay, what? <laughs> so <laughs> mechanically, they're great. And yeah. they really shine because the, the scrambles were so-so for other yeah. solvers. Yeah. So yeah, I think people are um, experimented enough, learned what, what's good for them, what style is good for them. Uh, by the way, on the other side, you have Timon, whose move count is, is absurdly low and is fast like a devil, for example, <laughs> right? Yeah. In fact, so if you come back to the world record, in the middle of the Via Brothers, there was a guy that was a young man that was using Rue as well. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> People say, yeah, Rue is irrelevant. And you know what? Let, let me remind you about the Rue world record that was for one-handed by Kian Mansour, if you remember that. Yes, I do. And you suddenly see people who used years CFOP and suddenly they're using Rue for one-handed and you're saying, what? Those are pro-cubers with experience suddenly started using Rue. 
Yeah, I mean, I I can solve Wu, and I and I know the move count is what is it was it twenty potentially twenty moves less than yeah potentially twenty. So Sifop yeah. is about uh, 55, 60 You see, usually depend on how lucky you are or yeah. how many ZBLL you know. But on Wu, it's really uncommon to see like forty moves. Yeah, and you see Fami if you came to heard of him, you, you can see Antonio Kam. Oh, here's a good example. Antonio Kam, which is the continental world, uh, continental uh, uh, record holder of uh, Asia. He only solves one-handed. Like even in the three by three solves, he still solves one-handed with Rue. Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I'm saying about um, bleeding from other events. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I mean, I like Rue because I solve it every now and again just to change up the sort of like the CFOP because, you know, we're in a CFOP world and everyone right. else. But, but I, I love Rue. I really do. And it's, it's kind of intuitive as well, especially when you're building the, the what do they call them? The first block, the, second block. That's it. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. That's kind of intuitive, I think. Yeah. And it should contribute if you ever sold FMC because you learned concepts Lots. like edge orientation yeah. yeah although in fmc you shouldn't do and moves but <laughs> yeah. you know what even youtubers you see amazing people like speedtube review sean bouquet mm-hmm. and he did like a project a month of and he started a month of petrus months of and he suddenly got caught by rue and he's yeah. now uh, i think his method independent like he sold both rue and cfop together and he really shines in fmc and you can see how all of these become like a cohesive part of his um, analysis or yeah. perception of the cube. Uh, also, just coming back to my question about the time, yes. I think COVID has helped as well. <laughs> yeah, so about that, I've seen in the Square One community people who have switched method to PBL or OBL. Mm-hmm. Many cubers will tell you, okay, I need to switch to PBL, I need to switch to OBL, or if people like like 3 by 3 yeah, I have the time to switch to ZBLL, because when you learn a new set, uh, it takes time for the neural pathways to form, yeah. and for you to prime yourself and to um, expect when you solve it, because when you speed solve, you're doing things automatically. So people really took the time to learn new sets, uh, practice new method, even transfer to other methods, you know? So it was really amazing, like, okay, everyone pose, you can now practice. I remember that I learned CSP, which is solving the cube shape and parity together. You know what, yeah. it's like four by four. Have you heard of OPA? No, I haven't, no. So it's a new thing. Again, it started during the, the Corona lockdown that people mm-hmm. in four by four blind traced the centers and they managed to uh, avoid parity, OLL parity wow. in four by four. Yeah. I know it started before I seen videos, but people actually practicing it to go to a comp and, you know, it's really stressful doing it under uh, 15 minutes of inspections. And you suddenly see 15 seconds, using it 15, 12 seconds, even before. Yeah. Oh, no, you said 15 minutes. Sorry. Uh, yeah. Sorry for me. It's like <laughs> the time dilates. Uh, sorry. No <laughs> but yeah, and it suddenly became like, I wouldn't say golden started, but it will be golden started for everyone who wants to achieve like competitive results and 
suddenly you see everyone talking about OPA. How can I avoid OLL parity in 4x4? Because on 4x4, OLL parity is it's a huge time, waste, oh, like huge yeah. time sink. Yeah. So one of the methods you see during lockdown that people have, you know, really tried and, and succeeded. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I went through, I mean, I was learning blind before that, three blind before that. But, mm -hmm. you know, during the lockdown, I was doing the three blind, you know, really trying to get my times down. And I did a couple of multi-blind events as well. So, mm -hmm. you know, my learning curve on on blind and, and, and just all other things just, just, just improved over the lockdown. Yeah, and if you're on the lockdown and say, okay, there are no competition, I can move from you know, all Pokemon to uh, freestyle yeah. or to, or, or Zuku or other like M2. Yeah, so I went to M2. That's what I did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. From so it really gives yeah, you a OP. chance or a breathing room. I know it sounds bad, but people thank the log lockdown, you know? <laughs> well, to be honest, you can see that in the times that people are getting. And, you know, I, I mean, I know the square one time has, has uh, not the square one time has gone down and I'm, I'm not sure how. It's, it's yeah. unbelievable. There are new sets that from 20 slices long soles, you see suddenly 13, 14, 15 yeah. slices. And you said, what? It's because of the new sets. And yeah. you cannot get there without lots and lots and lots of practicing and priming yourself. And you really need to be confident when you go to a comp to try that. No, no, definitely. So, yeah, so people sort of like, did all their practice and we're, we're talking about lots and lots of practice and new methods and really trying to sort of like grind out the solves and we're seeing the results of it now you know sort of like um, a year and a half ago till now you know we're seeing these times coming down really quick yeah yeah I I, know, I heard about a few cubers that dropped out and suddenly you hear about it you hear about them again because for some, not having competition is really, you know, uh, they, they, don't, they didn't find the motivation again to come back. Yeah. But some did find the motivation. Yeah, yeah, I can practice and get better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, and it was, it was, let's face it, it was a good, I mean, I find keeping really relaxing. But guys, just to, um, uh, where I'm at the moment, there is there are fireworks in the garden. I don't know if you can hear it, Gil, can yeah. you? Oh, okay, you can't hear. Okay, people maybe might be able to hear it, but we've got loads of fireworks going on in the background. So, just just to say. So, which event do you see more people are doing? Uh, let's say casually, which are still WCA events, and I'm asking because some people have a switch that once they start timing themselves, the, themselves they cannot uh, really do it uh, casually. You know, they, they have to time themselves, they have to do it as fast as they can, and they don't enjoy it as much as, you know, doing a sprint and doing a job. No, um, I mean, okay, for full disclosure, I've never, I've never actually been to a competition. I, I did sign up in 2020, and then mm -hmm. we know what happened after that, and yeah. I've never been to a competition, so... I'm hoping to start going to a competition next year. I don't, I, to be honest, I don't know what the flavour of the month is anymore nowadays in terms of uh, cubing. I know a, a lot of people are trying to get into sort of like other events. I don't, I don't know. I couldn't, I couldn't answer that, so I don't know. What do I you can think tell you is? that clock became popular right after 
Um, yeah, now I can hear it. Clog became popular right after Qi released their magnetic uh, clock. Uh, three by three is always a passion, especially with the new uh, maglev and, and, and repulsive magnets and, you know, um, I wish they would release more uh, events with new hardware. I know that many factories are uh, trying to focus on 3 by 3 because it sells the most. But again, watch what happened with Clock and Square One right after they released a new model. What happened? Like, just take any other event. I know Pyraminx is having a new, new golden age or Skube, we've seen like the Maglev one. If you tried it out, um, maybe maybe the smart cubes have a future, but it really depends on the WCA if they're allowed to uh, practice uh, smart cubes from from afar. You know? Yeah. Let's talk about the smart cubes. I mean, when they first came out, I mean, I went and bought. I, I was um, Kickstarter for the Go one. In fact, is the Go one that's in Israel? Is it? Is that? In yeah, Israel? it's Israeli Cube. It's, it's a great company name, in particular. Great guys. I had the pleasure of meeting with them, and they 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 had like a great idea. Like, let's create. And today they are a gaming company. It's it's not just a cubing company. Like yeah. they have uh, Yahtzee, I think, and they yeah. have a three D environment where you can put like a three D goggles and try to compete with another person mm -hmm. uh, i know they, they have their rubik's connect like it's a yeah. joint venture or something yeah uh, those are really good cubes and they got a lot of people in but you cannot compete with them i mean even if you turn them off the wca don't allow it i can understand why right yeah, yeah but, I, uh, I can understand yeah i can understand why as well and uh, yeah I, i've met the guys as well because they actually came to london and i went to an exhibition oh. and i actually saw them I, I, i'm not sure if i'm still on their youtube channel but um i was reviewing the go cube and i found the, i found it really good i thought the corner cutting was really good so to actually do the kickstarter and to actually meet the guys I mean, it was just unbelievable. It was almost like a 360 type experience, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, I, and I've still got the cube. But what I mean, in terms of, because I'm thinking in terms of competition, if they do have um, a smart cube, wouldn't it be great if, say, if, you know, when you've got the final, uh, the finals, yeah, and you have the head to head or whatever, wouldn't it be great if you could see the actual cube on a big screen? And, you know, as they turn, you can see the, um, you know, the movements and, you know, some of the FTL pairs that they've done or, you know, the uh, the last layer, you know, wouldn't that be so, you know, good from a spectator point of view? Well, they, they did try it in uh, Red Bull's Cup during lockdown. It was, mm -hmm. I think it was an amazing experience. Yeah. And they showed the analysis and they showed the moves. Yeah. Uh, this is something I'm trying to do uh, together with Stewie and Basilio, we're doing, uh, I'm still editing it, it's, it's like really hard. We did like um, a whole competition where all of a bunch of pro cubers solving the same scrambles and we just, re Stewie reconstructed all of the uh, solutions and we just going over how different are the solutions, right? So they did try to do it. Um, I, I'm afraid that it, it really depends. Some people are there to see just the result. No, okay, yeah. they did it. 
And yeah. some people don't bother on reading the reconstructions. And yeah. it's fine, I guess. I mean, sometimes <laughs> you just want to be part of the crowd, but yeah. some of them actually do go and, and learn the reconstructions. That's the web, what the website is for. Um, I wish, I wish, again, your vision is like, yeah, it will be automatically reconstructed. Everyone will be able to see the, the solution. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's more of a, um, a regulation, B, yeah. business, because there are many companies who, who have, like you have Moyugan, uh, you have Geeker, uh, mm-hmm. a lot of cubes that have different standards, some of them with, um, uh, how they call it, like uh, you can see the angle of the cube, some of them don't. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it, maybe it's a business issue and I can fully understand the part where people are afraid if it would be taken advantage to see the scrambles or maybe cheat in some way. So I, I can really understand that the WCA taking the time to think, I hope that, that that's what they're doing, uh, if and how they should uh, use it, you know, to yeah. uh, help people enjoy more from the competitions. Yeah. Because, I mean, you're getting to see a lot of, um, I mean, the community is really good in terms of the live streaming, you know, they're actually having commentators, you know, talking about the scrambles and stuff like that, which I think is just absolutely amazing. I mean, who would have thought it that you could actually watch a competition live and you'd have you know, um, commentators, comp- you know, talking about the scrambles and actually interviewing the Cubas after. I mean, don't you think oh, that's so then cool? Oh, really enjoy Monkey League. Uh, it's, oh, uh, see, I've seen that, yeah. Yeah, it's a masterpiece, I think. Philip Lewicki did, yeah. like, an amazing work. And, yeah, but it, it really depends on the crowd. Again, some people just like to see the head-to-head matchup. Some people are enjoying more of the analysis and some yeah. people get bored by it. And I can understand it's like opening Netflix. Some like the documentary and some people <laughs> like the yeah. comedy or drama. It's, it's yeah. fine, you know? Yeah. I suppose, we, you know, as long as we can cater for everybody, I think that's probably a good, good point. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. why That's why there's, there's a lot of room on YouTube. There are sketches, there are uh, informative, there are tutorials. I yeah. think there's enough for everyone. Yeah, yeah. There are podcasts. <laughs> yes, <laughs> of course, of course. Finally, tips on improving using analytics, because I think that's something that um, I think you can have a good view on. So um, any yeah, ideas? Yeah, this is that? actually something I learned from Jaden McNeil. Mm-hmm. And this is something that people just don't really take into account. Time, everything. When was the last time that you went to a trainer? Yeah. There's one in, in SpeedCubeDB. And you actually timed, uh, let's say, your PLLs, right? Uh, I can recommend uh, a, a timer that my colleague did. You probably heard about it, uh, Cubist. Yeah, I've heard of him, yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's made by a really nice uh, Polish guy. And he has analytics if you're using uh, smart cubes. Mm-hmm. So if you don't really want to measure like uh, drill, let's say 50 T perms or 50 Z perms, you just log into Cubist, connect your uh, um, your cube, like the electronic cube, and you yeah. will get the statistics. And mm-hmm. you need to go and measure each phase. Like you need to know where you need to improve. I, I know it sounds uh, uh, trivial, 
but many people don't understand that uh, maybe your last letter is great. Maybe it's your cross that's taking too long. Maybe it's your F2L who's taking too long. Which of the cases you had trouble with? Because if you don't know what the problem is, you won't be able to fix it. So yeah. every time someone, and yeah, I'm a Reddit mod for iCubers. Every time someone pops up and say, okay, how can I improve? We always ask him, okay, posts an average of five and let's see. And you keep seeing people that are like, yeah, I can do PLL in one, two uh, second, but my course take five seconds, you know? <laughs> yeah. So let's say if they're a 20 second solver and they want to go sub 15, you can actually say to them, right, you need to do the cross in this time, the FWL in this time, and you can break Before it down. Before I tell the first part of dealing with the problem is acknowledging it. Sorry yeah. for the cliche. <laughs> no so problem. if you don't know what's the problem, you yeah. cannot handle it. So yeah. try to use trainers, like in my website, QBB, yes. you can go to Cubist and have an electronic cube. You can drill down. And, and time yourself for each of the algorithms, which is actually a, a, a nice way for you to um, know how you improve because the more you drill down, the better you become. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think that's where the practice comes from because I think everyone just thinks about just grinding solve after solve after solve, but they don't break it down and say, right, today I'm gonna practice F2L tomorrow I'm going to practice just the cross. I mean, I'm, 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 I'm like that. I mean, I don't really sit down and actually do that myself. Oh, okay. For, yeah. So one of the requests we had for SpeakUBDB is a trainer, cross trainer, something you mm -hmm. have in the website. Yeah. Yeah. And you can just ask for, okay, give me one move cross. Give me two move cross, three move cross mm -hmm. again and again. And it's like weightlifting. You start with 100 grams, 200 grams, mm -hmm. 300 grams. Sorry, you're using, not, oh, you're using the metric? No. Yeah, 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 we do. Yeah. Oh, you, right. Okay, finally. <laughs> so <laughs> you, you just, you know, raise the bar a little, a little, yeah. and you get better. So this is one example which you, you know, you can always improve, or at least you find out on how many number of moves you're having problem with. And one of the things in this trainer, because there are other trainers like that, what's unique about it is that you get recommendations for solve. You know, like you can solve this cross like this, you can solve this, this cross like that, and here's yeah. your first pair. Mm. Oh, and last thing, this is something that I heard from Daniel Carnock. Always keep an open notebook and a pen next to you. So if you, let's say, really failed uh, a specific scramble, really failed, let's say, an R perm, write it down and in the end of the session, just drill it. Yeah. Got it. Yeah, good tip. You forgot yeah. an owl, just write it down, you know, and when you're, you're free, drill the owl that you messed up with. Yeah. Yeah, I tell you what, do you, yeah, do you get that where you an owl that you've done for years and years and all of a sudden you forget it? Does that happen to you? Yeah, and I actually liked it. <laughs> and the reason I, I know it sounds strange, the reason why I like it is because I go to my own database, which I rarely do, and look for okay, maybe there's a better way of doing it. And here's a good example: I once forgot the NA perm, right? Mm -hmm. And perms yeah. are the worst, right? Oh, yeah. And I've been using the setup to JPerm, which is like 22 moves. Mm -hmm. And behold, there's a 14 move NPerm. 
Okay. <laughs> and you know, I, I learned it. I was happy and rejoiced. Every end perm I was happy to get. <laughs> so sometimes forgetting things is a good yeah. chance to learn um, something better because there's nothing worse on trying to wipe out your muscle memory. Yeah. It, it, it's harder, you know, than learning something new because you keep doing that old alg. So if mm. you forget an alg, try to, you know, make lemonade from the lemon and learn something better. Yeah, good advice. Yeah. Okay, well, next time I forget an alg, I'll go to your database and see if I can try and learn a new yeah. one. <laughs> I tell you what, Gil, thank you very much for coming onto the podcast. I know we could have spoken for a lot longer because there's a lot of other things that I would like to uh, talk about. Maybe another time, if that's okay with you. Oh, it's my pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much for coming onto the podcast. You're welcome.